The police don't think robbery's the motive. Nothing's missing from the house, and there's a lot of valuable stuff here. Looking around, Poe saw he was right. Not only was nothing missing, nothing had even been moved, something Poe found curious after the ransacking of Callista's van. The vases from China, the German tapestries, even the gold statues from Peru were untouched. Even an idiot who knew nothing about art would have to know that the gold was worth a fortune. Hell, bronze had become so valuable to meth heads that the addicts were ripping statues out of parks with trucks so they could melt them down. No, thought Poe looking around the room, robbery was definitely not the motive. But what was it? In the background, he could hear Callista finally getting a chance to talk to the police, and as she ran through the story for the third time in 90 minutes, he could detect weariness in her voice. Whether it was from being tired of constantly retelling the story or just because she was tired, Poe detected a fatigue in her voice that wasn't there when she told Polanski the story. Not needing to hear it himself again, he stared at the splintered door's frame and made a note to have Julio come over and fix it before she got home. It would never be the beautiful hardwood of the original, but with the right stain, Julio should be able to make it match. Built with a hardwood that Poe was sure had long since passed onto an endangered species list, Poe gazed around the room one more time and noticed that, indeed, every square inch of Alice's home was the real thing. No cheap woods around the doors and windows, no simulated parquet on the floors, no Home Depot lamps on the ceiling. Everything in this house was exactly the way Alice's late husband, Walter, had built it in the early 1950s. Even angrier now at the damage to Alice's home, Poe resolved to keep it the way Walter had built it. Next time Poe saw Fuzznut, he'd ask him to find an authentic piece of wood that matched, maybe on eBay. If the man could find a T-shirt gun, he could certainly find a piece of wood, Poe thought, as he took a six-inch piece of the splintered wood and slipped it into his pocket. That's when he found Callista standing behind him. He'd been so wrapped up in his thoughts he hadn't noticed she'd finished with the police. Five minutes later, after saying goodbye to Pete, he and Callista were on their way to Poe's house, and less than ten minutes after that, Callista found herself in Poe's half-bath brushing her teeth. Returning to the living room, she saw Poe had already folded out the hide-a-bed, sheets, pillows, and all. Mindful of how tired she must be, Poe excused himself until morning, which was why he was surprised when she said she was still too wired to sleep. I did sleep five hours this afternoon, she said defiantly. You've got a DVD player. Let's watch a movie. Oh, Callista, you just said the magic words. And with that, a devilish grin lit Poe's face from side to side. Walking slowly across the room to the light switch, he suddenly seemed to be hypnotized, yet with a purpose. Turning down the lights, the room was now lit only by the glow of the blank TV screen. Crossing back across the room in the near darkness, he opened a cabinet and gently removed a small box. Slowly, he left the cabinet and moved to take a seat in a chair next to Callista's hide-a-bed. 
As he opened the box slowly in front of Callista, he couldn't believe this was happening. After Vivian's enraged departure, he despaired of ever doing this again with a woman. Lifting the item from the box, he sat it in Callista's lap and, getting down on bended knee, asked her a question he'd been longing to ask for one year, one month, and four days. He'd kept track. How do you feel about Steve McQueen movies?